just just about doing, mate. Surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you the stole. Welcome along to another week of the semi-pros. Great to have you your company another interesting week in sport not a lot happened again social what is it isolation with more than a meter and a half apart again tonight welcome to our panel steve glover how are you going you look relaxed yeah mate very good i tell you what being able to sit at home on the couch with no pants on and do the show is pretty relaxing indeed <laughs> so true true josh how are you Real good, thanks, mate. Yeah, you're not wrong about the sport. It's gone missing, hasn't it? Yeah, still one show in town. Troy Gursky, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. Getting used to this uh, sitting home. Me and Joel are both um, growing beards at the moment. We just we started about four weeks ago, me and Joely, so a bit of a competition. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking good. It's a cracking one, too. It looks like it's an absolute scintillating race. <laughs> and you, Hi. Steve, chimed in this morning. Marker. I'm a backmarker. Oh, well, time will tell. We'll see how that one pans out. But um, but another interesting week in in sport. We see that NRL, what they're going to do, or who's going to survive, who's not going to survive, pay cuts. Uh, Paul Kent laying the blame on Todd Greenberg. So I think Michael Ennis was defending him. Like all sorts of things going on. AFL, they seem adamant that they're going to play a season of some description somehow, some way, even if they're playing right through till December. What do you reckon? Like, seriously, is are we going to see... Are we going to see some footy this year? Either code. Didn't they say they're willing to go through and play the grand final on Christmas Day? I think it was. Uh, the AFL, there. so... Well, yeah. imagine this for a doubleheader. The grand final and then the Boxing Day test. Packed out, 100,000 both days. MCG, thanks for coming. It'd be good too, wouldn't it? Oh, but It's been a nice day to show deck. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Shows what these blokes have got to do, I suppose, haven't they, at the moment, that they're clutching at straws of, and they just got to get something out of the season. If they don't, there's going to be some clubs fall by the wayside. And uh, I think, obviously, the NRL are in a worse position than the AFL. But, uh, yeah, both codes are, are really clutching at straws at the moment. And how about the NRL heading over to the... Was it Magnetic Island or... Where are they headed? Tangaluma. Tasmania. Tangaluma. <laughs> Tangaluma with the Dolphins. They're nice, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're feeling income about that or what? Oh. They're saying they're going to go Tangaluma and float them into Suncorp or Seabus or Redcliffe to play. And turn the uh, airstrip at Tangaluma into the training fields. Mm. Don't know. Okay. Don't know. But what, when, what do you reckon? When will we play again? Will we play again? Oh. Nah, I reckon 2020's a write-off. I don't think we'll see much footy this year. I don't think we'll see much sport, I don't think, in general. So, um, And for what it's worth, uh, I don't know. Like They're talking even these city governments. It's a six-month thing. So, yeah, they're, they're really, I don't know, they're clutching the straws. I don't think we'll see too much. You've seen the, the big competitions around the world have been shut down. So I don't see how we're going to possibly... 
feasibly make the uh, the NRL any different to uh, to everything else that's going on? I got sucked in a beauty yesterday with April Fool's Day. Which one? Oh, the NBA putting up that the Lakers had won the they crowned the Lakers the champs. <laughs> I was nearly about to share it until I realised the day. Nope. <laughs> you, you thought you had a double, mate. Thought you had the NRL in the NBA, eh? <laughs> but I'm a multi two with blubber bet. <laughs> well, what if they pay out these circumstances? But seriously, what do they get? Well, they come second anyway, aren't they? Nah, they Who's that? Lakers. Yeah, yeah, Bucks yeah. Be in front of them, wouldn't they? Yeah, Bucks are a fair way in front of them. Almost so. in front of them. But. Yeah, but- Oh, with what you were saying before, Steve, like, seriously, this is nearly a write-off because if they're legitimately thinking of playing through to Christmas and all this sort of carry-on, surely that's then going to affect next season. Yeah, you'd think so. Although, well, they have a shorter thing? And then what do they do anyway? Like, they're going to be out of action for so many months. I know they're athletes. They're probably at home training. But geez, there's going to be some horrid football to watch for the first six weeks. Yeah. No pre-season. Especially going in off the, off the park. They're, surely they need some... Training runs, but uh, who yeah, knows? Yeah. Be for a KFC, wouldn't they? Mm, I can't <laughs> wait to see Big Trelly come back. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's been tucking into the blokes in the bar beers, I think. They are fair income, but they, they seriously want to salvage something out of this season. Um, yeah. I think they it's have to. It's going to be interesting. Like, but there's got to be a cutoff. What, what's the cutoff for them? They're going to be in the back of the field by, by what date to actually get something in, out of the season? Well, September, they have to be back playing for a reduced season. I think it was I mean, before then. Yeah. Even if they even if they play either coat, any sport, and you win it, it's going to be an asterisk beside it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, if they can't get enough fixtures in so everyone plays each other at least once, then, yeah, there's going to be the, uh, the big cloud hanging over their head. Yeah. It's, it's mad. But look, I'll tell you what. One show that does roll on, horse racing, it's sort of the beacon, the shining light. And it's almost like, I don't know what you guys think, we almost sort of all sit here sort of waiting until it gets shut down in, in, in some ways. But so far... Heaven help us if it does. Oh, God. Well, Tasmania just did. Mm, Six hours ago, it closed down all racing. What happened in Tasmania? One month, isn't it? Galloppers for, for a month, yeah. Did they really? Yeah. Mm. Today, so that's what they're like. Well, Hobart is, mate. You won't be able to punt on Hobart tonight, so you could get your money back for the quarter down there. <laughs> oh, Froggy would be ruined going back home, wouldn't he? Yeah, so now everything that's closed down for a month, all, all racing in, in Tasmania. Okay, so what what do I have to shut the dishes down? Handless, put them in one at a time. They do, mm. they've been as they've been loading them slower and all the rest of it, but yeah, so but look. Horse racing does continue at the moment. We've, we've seen last week, this week's the first week where they've raced, well, essentially now in zones. So we have two metro zones, Toowoomba, Ipswich, Gold Coast falls into one. Then you have Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, and et cetera, the other. So the first instalment of it midweek at the Sunshine Coast. Friday, we've got 11 races from the Gold Coast, nine from Doomben, and then uh, Sunday, we bat up to 11 at Clifford Park. So... Uh, there's a smorgasbord of racing, and it's something that certainly does uh, continue. Our guest, who should be with us, joining us on the program, is a young man that's taking all before him, uh, started his apprenticeship here in Toowoomba, and uh, rode to uh, 
maximum success around here before transferring down to Brisbane and now he's continued to take that to a new level. He actually is the outright leader of the Jockeys Premiership in Queensland. I refer to another Bailey Noda who joins us now. G'day, Bailey. How are you? Hey, mate. I'm good. How are you? We can't hear Bailey. I don't know if he sounds like he can hear us. So, but um, yeah, so you got us there, Bailey? Yeah, I can hear you. Can anyone else hear Bailey? Yeah, mate, you, you got you there, Bailey. You, are you going to Steve? You got Bailey, Joel? No, no I can't hear him. Will you talk to him, Troy? Yeah, Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> Troy, mate. Obviously, the, the, the other three are a bit ignorant at the moment. They don't really want to have a chat to you. But yeah, mate, as, as um, um, Jimmy led into before, mate, you've, um, you're leading the premiership at the moment. Um, what do you put it down to at the moment, mate? Good rides, just in a bit of form. What, what do you put it down to? Yeah, just good support, mate. Um, can't win races unless you're on the good horses, really. So, been getting on the good rides and been, lately been able to um, get them home. So, that's been good. Mate, and also the period that we're in at the moment with um, with with the coronavirus, um, it, it obviously it's affecting everyday life. How um, How's it affecting um, uh, your riding at the moment? It's probably not affecting our riding, really. It's just sort of a bit of an eerie feeling at the races, you know, that we're going to probably have to get used to for a little while. Um, no crowds, all the social distancing stuff and and all that sort of go. It's just going to take a bit of getting used to, but we sort of got to do it to keep going. Mate, and um, as James said before, you're, you're leading the premiership at the moment. Um, and you've got some uh, some good supporters uh, at the moment, like the likes of, you know, also you've come from Toowoomba and you've got the likes of uh, trainer Tony Bolland. Um, you know, chat to us about Tony and what, what Tony's been to, to you, mate. Yeah, he's just been a real big support sort of on the track and off the track. Um, sort of, he gives me guidance all the time and if I stuff up, he's sure to let me know and if I ride one good, he'll tell me to and he's always there to tell me how to improve and, um, he's got the re- really good horses, so it's it's really good to ride for him because he is the best trainer in Brisbane. Mate, what's um okay over the next few days? Obviously, as we said before, you you split up into some zones now. So, uh, what's your zone at the moment? What, what, which races will you be covering? I'm in the um, Metro North zone, so I've got uh, Brisbane and Sunny Coast. So that's my zone. Um, obviously, it's good being in that zone with Tony. Um, missing out on sort of few Gold Coast trainers, but um, to, to be sort of under to- Tony's sort of guidance, um, that surely gets me a long way. Mate, uh, mate I've got a couple of boys. Can you, can you hear James, mate? Yep. Yep. All right, well, I'm back in there. The other boys are kicking. I'm back in too, Yeah, yeah boys. I've got, I've got it all covered here. Just going to sit down for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, mate, as we say, as we say before, so just, I just want to ask you a quick one. Um, over your years, what, what what would be the best the best horse that you've actually ridden? Um, FOMO. FOMO. That Ipswich. You belled him home one day. I wrote one on him a couple times. Yeah. Spawned him a couple times too. Yeah. Well, that's why Steve ripped you off. <laughs> <laughs> now, probably, oh, you know, the, the three listers winners I've ridden, like, they're hard to split, really. Um. Got Mr. Marvelous, Snitch, and um, Silvera, and you got a man to match as well who won the wave. That's sort of probably the best sort of horses I've ridden. 
Um, I've obviously rode zoo-style track work, and he's a freak on the track. It's just a pity that he's had a few issues and we can't see the best of him. But I think zoo-style is probably the best horse I've probably sat my leg over, yeah. Mate, when you started in Toowoomba, you started with a bang. You, you you won, I think, on your first day of riding wherever that was in the bush. You won your first day. You rode at Clifford Park. You won the first day you rode in the city. So you've had an incredible strike rate. It's been an amazing journey so far to consider the the fortune that you've had. As, as I said, even just thinking of that first country day, first provincial day, first metro day, you came up with a winner. Yeah, um, sort of. I don't know if it's just out of luck, really, that that's happened. But it was really good to start off every sort of step um, with a winner and sort of get get my name out there straight away. That's probably been a big help, sort of getting them winners every step, sort of allow the trainers notice you and they want to put you on straight away. So um, probably just sheer luck, really. Did you kick off that apprenticeship? Was it with Ducky Baker that you started? or? Yeah, it started with Ducky. I was there for probably oh, – I was there – through my trials and probably about two months of my race riding and then I transferred over to Lindsay Hatch and sort of got the ball rolling from there. Yeah, I suppose it was pretty like, like to, to get along with a guy like Darky, he's, he's pretty hard work and gets up pretty early and into it, but he's also very good at placing his horses and takes them out to the bush. So was that an advantage sort of finding your feet early on? Yeah, for sure. He gave me a lot of support. My first winner was for him, a horse that sort of i done a lot of my trials on. Um, it was just a two-year-old filly, took it out, out the bush for me and it won. And yeah, you're right, he, he does place them well. It, even if sort of they, they can win races in Toowoomba and then he'll take them out, out to the bush and then they'll run in town and run well. So um, he does place them really well. How did you get involved with racing, Bailey? Um, just sort of started off going to the races with Dad and stuff like that. And I, was, I really liked it from get-go. And um, then school-based um, traineeship come up to be a stable hand. And I sort of just chose that as a subject sort of thing. And I went and just sort of cleaned boxes and scrapped for... Um, Richie Stevenson for about a year and a bit till I finished school and then started off with Ducky after I finished school. And who's been your biggest influence so far in your career? Uh, definitely Hatchy. Um, sort of being a rider himself and just he's practically taught me everything I know really, so he's definitely been the, the biggest influencer. You still keep tabs with him now, mate? Yeah, we talk pretty much every day really. Um, we get along really well, so it was good that he had the connection with Tony for me to come down here and sort of go on with it. and um, Yeah, still getting some rides for Hatchy as well, so that's good. What about Bailey riding against the cream of the crop at the moment in Queensland? You don't have a claim now. Uh, Tony's still putting on it. Trainers are, are still putting you on. It's, it's a big step to take. Yeah. Um, have you noticed much difference from with a claim, without a claim? Um. Not really at the moment, as of yet. Sort of the horses I've been riding have all sort of they don't really need the claim at the moment. They sort of not ride up in the weights, getting sixty, sixty odd. But um, just every now and again, you see a horse that you've been riding, and they just want to take the take the claim off it. Which sort of you just got to roll with it, really. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been a huge difference. Obviously, Tony still gave me a lot of support, and and so was the Edmonds team and a few Gold Coast trainers. Um, before yeah. this zoning stuff happens. So hasn't been too much of a change. Now, with the zoning stuff, we were just talking off air before about the premiership. So reading this morning that they're suspending the premiership at this stage. Now, 
So I don't know if that's good or bad or what view or where it ends up, but you lead that not only the Apprentices Championship, but the outright jockeys premiership right now. So if I'm putting any pressure on you, if you could win it, you join some pretty illustrious company. What let me think like what Purton, Rod, uh, I think was it Chris Muntz might have won one as an apprentice, but there's, there's definitely Zach Purton and Michael Rod, who obviously we know now international superstars. So it's a feat that is rarely achieved. It's within striking distance for you. So take out whatever they do, it's suspending it or not. Yeah. Did you? Is it your goal now? You want to win the premiership? Yeah, sure. Sort of starting coming into the season, sort of it was just trying to go back to back in the apprentice one, really, and then. Sort of as I sort of got more winners, more winners, and got in front. That's definitely the goal of mine at the moment. Um, trying to win that the overall premiership. Um, if I could win that, be a big thrill and big achievement, really. Um, so yeah, that's my goal. Is there another goal, mate? Is there a particular race you've got in mind that you'd like to set your sights on that you'd like to win? Or yeah, well, I wanted to win the Strabroke this year, but that's not going to happen. So uh... <laughs> what was what were you going to win? What was going to win it? Oh, oh, I was hoping I'd get back on bag of one, but uh, yes. sort of that's not going to happen this year, so a bit stiff. <laughs> plenty of time, mate. What's that? I said you got plenty of time. Yeah, that's it. How, um, how good was it winning the wave? We can see that one meant a lot to you and big race, uh, big money um, for, for Tony, for the Huddies, who you do a lot yeah. of riding for as well. So that one obviously meant a lot to you this year. Yeah, that was a huge thrill, obviously. First sort of big race, me and Tony won together um, on that horse too that I sort of ridden all prep and he, he was going really, really good. And we we're, were confident going into the race, just sort of, he was like 16 bucks or something like that. And we knew he was going good. It was just, we drew bad and to get all the luck we did in the run, um, it was a huge thrill, especially to do it for the Huddies. They've supported me all the way through, really, since I've moved to Brisbane. Yeah. And how much more involvement do you have? Obviously, you're on track work. You're jumping on the backs of these horses every morning. So you're going to be the, I suppose, the most uh, educated on how they're going. Does, does Tony, do you sit down with Tony and and get involved with the planning on where to put these horses? There's more to it to just give them a lap and jumping off and, and squeezing onto the next one? Um, yeah, sort of. Me and Tony obviously talk every day. He sort of does the race planning. He might ask if he's got them plan to go on a 1200 or a thousand if which one i'd i suggest him to go to on the way the horse is working and stuff like that that's sort of how we communicate but most of the planning um and the race programming for the horses is um all up to him mate talking Tony, about planning about the room, mate. sorry who's the uh, tell us about the jockey's room who's the fiercest competitor in there jimmy Byrne was but he keeps getting hurt you take jimmy mate he's a bit old yeah, a bit old and small. Watch your watch. Just watch What's this fella. Yeah. Just keep an eye on your watch. Yeah. Um, but sort of, we're all pretty competitive and stuff like that. So, um, but Jimmy Byrne definitely was sort of get the most angriest, really. Mate, I, I grabbed, a, grabbed a phone call today. Yeah. Um, you got one on Saturday, the move. Yeah. And there are uh, a few of the boys, they want to be inside Goss. They see it's been backed and they're pretty keen. I said, you better ask Bailey tonight what the go is. So, mate, what, what, what's the go with it, mate? Good chance on Saturday? Yeah, he's a real good chance. Progressive sort of horse. Got got a lot of ability. Um, he's two runs at Eagle Farm. Sort of just a really big colt he is. And 
just sort of jars up a bit on that Eagle Farm surface. So he went to the sunny coast his second start and blitzed him. Um, and he's only improved this prep, so I wouldn't take his first up run. I'd sort of just put a line through it, and he's going to be very, very competitive at back to Doombin for sure. What about your other rides on Sunday? You've got a very, very competitive uh, book of rides, it looks, on paper. You'd be hopeful that you can be somewhere near the money? Yeah, I hope so. Um, got sort of knee dorp, the move, get stuck in and McEwen sort of look like my best rides. Um, all for Tony, so Needorp's obviously returning off her, her Melbourne campaign where she didn't disgrace herself at all, so she should be a, a pretty good hope in a benchmark 72, you'd think. And um, obviously get stuck in, last start winner, he's going really good, and McEwen just, we got into awful bother the other day on the corner and nearly fell, so I thought he was going to win that race before we nearly fell, so um, he's come through the run good, and I couldn't see why he wouldn't be competitive on Saturday. You, you, you practically knew you had to pull up McEwen, didn't you? Yeah, I did, sort of just for his safety, really. It, it took, sort of went right down on his nose, and you don't really know if they've hurt themselves or anything. And sort of I just got myself back up and balanced, and then I thought he put in a probably one rough stride straight after that. So I was like, oh, I'll just, um, just ease him up and look after him for his next run because there's no hope he's going to catch him and and win the race after that happens. So he's pulled up fine and he's ready to go. And and finally, for me, Bailey, with COVID and all the different things and the process that to go through, as much change for you as a as a jockey about you doing your job? Do you have to go? Is there any anything different that you guys have to do? Or is there any protocols you have to follow now? Because obviously, as we were talking about before you came on the show, every other sport's shut down. Racing's the only sport that's carrying on at the moment and I think in many ways there's a lot of people sort of thinking well it's you know inevitable for before perhaps racing gets shut down as well so they're trying to take every measure possible but have you been given very strict instructions or is racing Queensland or stewards or whoever it does said right oh you know this, this is what has to happen this is what you have to do this must ha- happen just to try and ensure um, that that all protocols are followed with the when we know like the, the pandemic that we're dealing with. Yeah, for sure, sort of, you guys probably can't go to the races anymore and stuff like that, so sort of at the sunny coast was the first day yesterday where um, the trainers weren't really allowed near us, we had to talk to them over a bench, um, and when we got legged on, there was two barrier staff there that legged us on, all the jockeys on, so that was a new thing, and just, we always got to wash our hands and sort of stay away from each other a little bit and spread out in the jockey's room. Um, the doctor come to Eagle Farm. The doctor that think at Eagle Farm come last Saturday, I think it was, or Wednesday, and and just spoke to us about how serious it was and how we've just got to pro- um, follow every sort of measure to keep racing going. A bit of distance from Tony wouldn't hurt from time to time, would it? He's been over a rail. For sure. <laughs> Has he ever given you a spray, mate? Oh, oh plenty. Tony's given everyone a spray, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he's all right. And so what's moving forward with the apprenticeship? You've out in the claim now. Uh, is it a matter of biding your time to sign off and become a senior or does that get accelerated uh, now you're not able to claim? Um, sort of. So when you start up, you've got to start end date of your apprenticeship. And if you outride your claim, you can you can um, come out early if you want or if sort of you get an injury, you can ask for an extension. Um I could have come out of my time early, but 
I just thought going in riding track work every day for Tony and sort of it's just so much opportunity there it probably wasn't um, the best idea to come out early just sort of I've only got till July sort of mid-July till it ends so I thought I'd just ride it out till then. And do you anticipate you'll stay with Tony? Is that something uh, you know like apprenticeship for say Steve when he was doing his building apprenticeship do you do book work and things like that as well mate or? Yeah we I've finished my book work now but sort of First three years of it's just a lot of book work. Um, we got we had apprentice school every Monday in Brisbane, so we do a lot of book work and stuff like that as well. And do you anticipate you'll you'll still have an association with Tony post your apprenticeship? Hope so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, obviously, I'll be able to if this stoning stuff is finished by then, be able to sort of spread myself around a little bit. But I'd like to sort of do my main writing for Tony. Mate, uh, downtime. What do you do when you get when you're getting away from the from the ride, mate? What what um, keeps you going off the course? Oh, I like sort of like fishing and sort of um, sort of going out on the boat and stuff like that, skiing and all that. I like sleeping. Um, that's <laughs> one of my favourite activities. But um, yeah, sort of anything sort of on the water, water sports stuff like that. That's sort of what I'm into. You got a missus and kids, mate? No, I don't, mate. Do you? <laughs> I do. I was just trying to hunt for you, mate. I didn't know if you want me to hunt, hunt, hunt one out for you. <laughs> It'd be tough wearing the social distance and stuff, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it's real hard. You can't go near them. Have to get Tinder or you mind on the horses, mate. Yeah, that's it. What about your weight, Bailey? You're quite tall. I noticed yeah. seeing you there last year. Shot up a bit at the at the awards I did last night. So, um, how do you go? Weight-wise? Yeah, it's sort of like, it's, it's been really good. It's just a lot of hard work sort of to keep it keep it down. Um, once it's down, it, it, it gets easier. Um, yes. But sort of probably about six months ago, I went, went through a stage where it sort of rose real bad and I just had to go see a dietitian and, and um, sort of do a lot of gym work and stuff like that. And it's stabilised now, so it's pretty good. So what do you walk around at? Like, what do you weigh today? Today, I'm about 55, just a bit over 55. So the minimum is now 55, so that sort of helped. But um, I was riding 54, so sort of by the end of it, all I had to do was go for a sweat walk, sort of the morning of the race, and I was done. So it's pretty easy. So this is the minimums now 55. Did they raise the benchmark or the, the top weight as well? Is yeah. It's still 59? Um, yeah, I think the top weight's... It might still be fifty nine, but I think it, I think it might be sixty as what well. like so some races are sixty. Just depends on the on the races, but mm. I'm pretty sure they did put them all up a kilo, sort of to keep it keep it pretty level. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's something you have to work on. You're not a natural yeah, lightweight. For sure, like, like you said, I'm taller than most jockeys in the jockeys room, so got to work on it um, to keep it down. Okay, so right, well, what's so you talked about if you want, what are you, what's your best winning chance Saturday for the punters? Um, oh, guest stuff ins a bit short, probably need not for Joel, he's not that's, that's a luxury for Joel. <laughs> any price a winner, mate? <laughs> probably need off, I'd say. Need off, yeah. And what about what about a horse? Is there a horse there that you really like that you think will? you know, to follow in terms of that you think will make a, a nice horse that you've been riding or that, that you know, that's just started out its career? Yeah. Um, 
that snappy reply road Saturday, she she's going to be a really nice sort of three-year-old filly when she goes out and comes back. She's going to be really nice. Um, obviously, Needor, like she's improved a hell of a lot. Just take, going away to uh, Melbourne and back has really brought her on in maturity-wise. So, sort of them them two are um, really exciting prospects for the stable. Okay. Any final questions, boys? Yeah, there's a viewer question, actually. Well, Gibson wants to know um, Tony's best spray he's given you. <laughs> you guys, one of your biggest supporters, uh, actually. I probably couldn't say it on here. It's not PG-rated. <laughs> Which horse did you did you earn that spray from, though? Snappy reply. <laughs> on the weekend, was it? Yeah. What's up? That was Tony's worst. Yeah, it was pretty... Yeah, it was one of his good ones, for sure. Is that the one that got nabbed on the post? That's it. Four clear. <laughs> Four clear at the 150. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares. Flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the PTSD set me for the lunch. Yeah, I know. It's like I've gone to war. <laughs> who's, your, um, who's your biggest rival, mate? You spoke about Jimmy Byrne being the fiercest one in the jockey's room, but you personally... There are a few you've got your eye on, like Nick Keel or anything like that, that sort of you've done your time with that you sort of like to get um, one For sure. Probably the senior riding ranks, obviously, the ones that are close to me in the um, premiership are probably my biggest rivals at the moment. But um, sort of Brad Stewart's sort of a rider I've modelled myself on and we get along really good. So um, he's sort of probably a guy I like to follow. You like to follow him in races because he always finds the right spots and and things like that. Yeah, yeah, Stanley, not a bad bike to uh, not a bad bike to follow. So, so that's a look at what you got coming up this weekend, Bailey. Look, really uh, appreciate giving us your time on the show again. As you said, like from watching you come through Toowoomba, I said dominate Toowoomba to now uh, take it to that next level and dominate um, Brisbane. So hopefully they sort out premierships wise, and you can go on and win it. And as I said, join some pretty illustrious company. As I said, along the lights of Zach Purton and Michael Rod both won. The Brisbane Premiership as uh, apprentices. I don't know if your viewer can confirm this for me. I think Chris Munts did, Neil Williams did, and anyway, but uh, definitely, as I said, Perton and, and Ryder, it might have been Glenn Boss or, Boss or Munts, anyway, one of them. But anyway, it's pretty elite company, so if you can go on and win it, as I said, it'll be a pretty uh, big feat. And, and I think a lot of people from Toowoomba remember you from around here and always, uh, always will. So great to see you doing so well and uh, really appreciate you joining us on the show this week. No worries. Thanks, boys. So that's Bailey Nodov joining us here, said uh, outstanding young jockey, and then great to have him join us on the show this week. Stay with us on the semi-pros. You're going to take a break. Southern Hotel Shot Clock after the break. At the Southern Hotel, our Sunday steak special has been so popular, we want to offer it on Saturday too. 180 gram rump mignon, 400 gram New York cut T-bone, or a huge 500 gram grain-fed rump, all for just $23.95. It's better at the Southern. So what are we doing in the uh, Rocks and Diamonds? Just diamonds only. Right. Who's it? 
Is it only Donald? Yes, on the Semi Pros. Great to have your company on the program this week. That was Bailey Noted, who joined us before the break. And yeah, really uh, impressive young man. And, and, and I think we've just seen the maturity in Bailey from his time in Toowoomba. As I said, not a bad feat, is it, to ride a winner on your first day as a jockey? That was in the country. First day he came to the provincials and he rode a winner. And then his first ride in the metros was a winner too. It was. Um, Barefoot for uh, for Tony Sears. So every um, opportunity he's had, he's made the most of. He had a few little um, growing up misdemeanors, I suppose you'd say, uh, Bailey at one stage as well. But you can really see how much he's matured as a rider. And one thing we know with Tony Gollan is uh, he's a hard taskmaster, but he's a fantastic supporter. So and you can see that with uh, with Bailey, as we said it just before, he's copped a few sprays in his time, as he's mentioned, but. But at the same time, he's uh, he's been very very uh, forthright in his in his praise. Even got big FOMO home, Steve. Yeah, he did a bit switch there one day, so had to lift him on the turn, kicked him home. Good day that one. <laughs> but he's a good sleep. He's a good jockey, isn't he? Like to say the obvious. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, sure is. Like, and he comes through, and you see, you sort of him and Nick here were coming through at the same time up here, and he's gone from strength to strength, and. Getting in and opportunities has uh, taken them with both hands with, with Tony and getting in with the elite stable in the state has really um, helped him. But in saying that, you get on the horses, you still got to get them home too. So he's been able to yeah, you make do that own fairly life, pro- yeah. fairly prolifically. So mm. no, and I'm sure he'll ride a few this weekend also. Southern Hotel Shot Clock, guys, next on our uh, program. Stay with us. We're talking racing again here with the championships, four big group ones. I'm going to find you all the winners there shortly, so uh, stay with us with that. But I just want to say, if you can support the Southern Hotel, jump onto their Facebook page. They are doing takeaway. Joel, and we've seen you on there, like some of their specials you're pretty keen on, so there's some pretty good going there at the moment at the Southern if you want to get a takeaway. I don't don't mind the one where you get the six-pack with it. That's pretty handy. Yeah, so so jump onto uh, their Facebook page. Have a look at that. Uh, They're going to deliver. You're going to pick up. Uh, so head along and support the Southern Hotel. Fantastic food there. So the full menu there as well. So make sure you get along and support the guys. As I said, day one of the championships. So um, we're going to make our shot clock segment this week all about the races. Uh, four big group ones this weekend, guys. One of the great races, I think, on the calendar is the Doncaster over the mile. Handicap. What wins it? Who's going to kick us off? Steve? First one I saw. Yeah, I'll kick us off. And I'll tell you what, if you find the winner of this, you're going to get a good price too. I think you've got $7.50 the field, isn't it? But um, is it, it's wet down in Sydney, isn't it? It's rained off slow, yesterday. Slow, I think, yeah. I think it's slow at the moment. It's off five, something. Soft, yeah. No? Right. Troy, are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. Troy, you got me? Yeah. Okay, I can't hear Troy. I've got Joel. Joel, so tell us your thoughts. Mate, how about we log out and just see what these fellas are doing? Okay, so we're going to have a look here. So we said the Doncaster is, um, of course, the uh, the of racing yeah, group one that's on the card. The Doncaster over the mile being one of those. We've got the TJ Smith as well. And of course, we've also got the Derby, a part of a 10-race card. Right, hey, Steve, have you got that? Hell yeah, how's that? Hello. Troy? I can hear you. Hello. Anybody? Hello. Loud and clear? We're all in. Right, Troy? Steve, go. Doncaster, who wins? And you hear why? me? You can hear yeah. me? I can hear you, bud. 
Oh, well, I don't know if anybody else can hear me, but uh, I'm going to go to Toya at $26 to uh, run over the top. I think it'll play out wide, fair bit of speed on, get its chance. It absolutely rattled home first up and then uh, out to the um, impossible track where you couldn't make tra- make ground last start. You got beaten seven in a pretty hot race there um, behind... Uh, very elegant and a daya, and I think you'll uh, twenty six dollars. It's worth a few bob each way. Twenty six is Troy Doncaster winner. Oh, as Steve said, we we think it might be a little wet. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Melody Bell. Uh, I think it's about it's seven fifty eight dollars at the moment, and there big OP Bossum on board third up. Ran a couple of good races last two. I think it's going to be. Can be there thereabouts, and uh, yeah, as Steve said before, in a, a very open field. So I'll stick with Melody Bell. Joe, I can't hear James, but I'm preempting that he said me. So um, I'm going to go with Shared Ambition. Now this thing's drifted a fair bit in the market, eight out to thirteens, but um, certainly a camp that know what they're doing when it comes to winning big races. That's Chris Waller and Co. And uh, it's it's got a fair record on on track too. So. The, uh, the English import with 52 and a half from Barrier 4, shared ambition at 13s for me. Right, eh? I'm, um, I'm heavily in the corner of Brandenburg. I hate backing favourites, but this picks itself. Three-year-old, um, 50 and a half kilos. Very much to respect. Melody Bell, horses at the top, but I don't know that they can give this horse seven kilos. As I said, it just ticks all the boxes. It's performed well at three-year-old age group. It performed... Very admirably last start at weight for age against the older horses. Comes back to a handicap here. Postage stamp on its back. Glenn Boss, I think, is the winningest Doncaster jockey in history with six or seven. And it is weighted to win. Again, as I said, I don't like backing favourites, but I have to make an exception here. It's not a bad price for a favourite. I think it's $7 a field or something. So... So we get seven dollars about it, but I think it's the one they all have to beat. So Kane on Brandenburg to win the Doncaster. Let's go to the sprinters. What about the TJ Smith? One of the great sprint races on the calendar here. Twelve hundred meters, Group One. Wait for age, Steve. Yeah, again, I'm going to go in the uh, the corner of something that's going to get an opportunity to run on. I'm going to stick in Pirata, second up. So five starts. We've been run the top two over its first five up goes. Good first up, like back in the field, running back to 11. They got home in quick time, so I was never going to be able to run over the top when I decided one, the Galaxy. But uh, second up, bit of rain around, soft track, $9. Uh, that'll do. Troy? Uh, I'm going with the, the big-time horse, Santa Ana Lane. Uh, second up as well, and just loves these races, doesn't? And just whenever the big race comes around, seems to uh, lob at a at always price too. You're always getting you know seven, eight bucks, nine bucks around there. So I'm going to stick with Santa and Elaine. Second up, um, I think you get about eight bucks at the moment. Santa and Elaine, Joel, your selection. Well, I'm going to go the three-year-old Colt in Bivouac. Uh, there's been a little bit of money around for it. Five's into four sixty. Been a bit unlucky and uh, probably a bit underachieving this prep, but um, I'm going to stick with it. Huey Bowman from the sixth gate, hopefully sitting behind the speed and get the, get a good crack at him from the turn. Bivouac. Bivouac. Um, 
I'm in the same corner as Troy. Pretty keen, Santa and Elaine. I thought it's run the other day in the challenge over a thousand metres. Not saying it wasn't trying to win, but it was never going to win that race. It was obviously a lead-up run to this. I thought it ran quite well. That was obviously the flying thousand behind uh, Nature Strip. And uh, prior to that, of course, we saw its form, of course, in the Everest running second to Yes, 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 and, uh, and what it's done. Troy mentioned it all. I think it's the class horse in the race. I think it'll rise to the top. But just out of interest, I'll throw another one at odds now, just seeing that Troy's took the same one. I think trekking is the best value in the race for the for, uh, for Godolphin. That's a look at the TJ. What about the AJC Derby for the three-year-olds? 2,400 metres. Steve, what are you with? Well, I think the top two are probably... Got it between them, but I do like Eric the Eel, the Queenslander, going down. Uh, beat the older horses. Mm, big $26, a bit of value around there. It would be a big body down there. But against the older horses there, the open handicappers, give them a start and run over the top of some pretty handy horses that have been up there and competed in group company. So then you go back last prep. It ran some creditable races, Eric the Eel, down at... Um, in the uh, the Winter Carnival, just got beat, I think, in, uh, in the JJ, sort of ran them to about two lengths. Uh, I can't remember what won that, but it was a pretty handy horse. Super Seth, I think, might have been in there. So, um, yeah, $26. I think it's hit form. It, it obviously needs that ground. It's last, well, all prep's been uh, pretty good, and I think it can. it's a definite each-way chance if you bet on a one-by-four basis, one character <laughs> win and a couple of... Shillings the place. I think you can come out with a profit. <laughs> Troy, what do you like? Uh, so, so the top two are handy. I, I, like, I like the top way of Castle Vecchio. Um, you know, Ronald's aboard. Um, your favourite jockey, James. Um, we've got a good steer. It's going to be going to be there about. Uh, I think it's about two seventy. Get on Castle Vecchio. Castle Vecchio. Also, we've got who's on line? Blair Gibson. What an ordinary Doncaster. I'd rather be punning on the weather. Over 28 and a half degrees tomorrow. Moral. Well, Gibbo, why don't you throw us a couple of Funny Funny Blair mentions that because I saw Ladbrokes had a market. You can bet on the hour to if the decimal point number after the – so it's 20 degrees, 20 point something, if that's odds and evens. So <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you. Well, Cross League is out there like yourself, Stephen, eh? Get the uh, get the uh, what do you use to read the weather barometer out, mate, or whatever you do, and check the pressure and the temperature movements. And I reckon you could set up a system to uh, <laughs> take over the weather pump. Fleece them, mate. Mm. Dollar so ninety, so Charles will be all over it. He loves them saucies. On his pies in the in the pun. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be asking for your barometer, mate. I know where it's frequently used. <laughs> So that's who's always been that lad breaks. I think I saw something there, yeah. No, Ned's, s- not Ned's. Can we get an extra head or something? Should do. Hopefully. Hang on. What's Gibbo coming back with? Nick Nidor. Saturday something on 05 Glory and Great Missile tomorrow. So Great Missile tomorrow from the great man, Lord Gibson, on his home track of the Gold Coast. First on also Shane Moggs online, as we mentioned there for the Southern. Um, what's he telling me here? Something on trekking. It's big hopes. There you go. So Moggy's keen on uh, trekking. But as we said, the Southern Hotel presenting our shot clock segment each week. So have a look on their Facebook page and see what offers they've got there. But Joel will be down there tomorrow to get the six-pack with, what are you going to get it with? The steak or something? Something. Whatever's going. 
Better the weekend, man. Just get on. Right. Where are we up to? Whose girl is it? Joel. Man, Joel. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Troy. I think J Mac. He's in form. He's flying. Uh, you hate him, James, but geez, he's going well. And uh, this Castle Becky has a pretty fair horse. So I'm with uh, what Steve and Troy said. This top two in the market are probably. Battle it out up the straight, hopefully, and uh, hopefully the one gets the bob of the head, Castlevecchio. Castlevecchio, right. I'm keen on the Freeman run, a warning. Um, proven at the 2400 or 2500. It's run in the Derby last year. The Victoria Derby was enormous, if you remember, when it won it. It was incredible, actually. It had three wide the trip and just belted them. Building up to this race, I think this is its grand final. We talk about Anthony Friedman, one of the best grand final trainers in the game. It'll peak on Saturday. And as I said, just crying out for this distance. It'll it'll be going very close, I think. But I agree with you guys. They're the only three hopes that looks on paper anyway. So between Castel Vecchio, uh, Shadow Hero, and um, the one I just mentioned, Warning. So we'll see which one comes out on top. Probably something totally different, like Eric Deal. <laughs> you're keen on so right, that's uh yeah Eric so there's there's our selections there but last group one boys on the card is the science 1400 metres for the two year olds Steve who are you hunting with here yeah I reckon they can get one here and you just give J-Mac a rap but I'll tell you what he give this one a sore back last start in the black opal oh uh, really the Snowden horse that wouldn't happen no, I'll tell you what, he's, he had to get the chiropractor in, I reckon, to uh, to straighten him up, but Bartley, so... That's what uh, they do most, after most horses he rides. <laughs> they are J-Mac, so he's been given a reprieve, uh, this one, so Black Oval, I think that's not a bad form race, they didn't really, nothing out of there went into the slipper, so... Um, I don't think they all qualified there. Selsenbeer was the red hot there for a slipper favourite at the moment and uh, went off a little bit. But this thing went three wide. Had every right to drop out, I reckon, uh, at the 200, but kept battling hard. Just got picked up on the line. So 1,400. What's that? I think the stable mate nabbed it too, didn't it? Yeah, barbaric. So I think 1,400 will suit it down to the ground. Um Fourth start to 1,200 makes this step up a couple of weeks between runs, and uh, I think it's nine or ten dollars too. So happy to be with that. The China Horse Club, Troy, yeah, another tough race. Um, didn't want to think I backed last start, Laramie Street, it's double figures, I think it was around 15 bucks. Uh, boss, bossy aboard. Um, I just it's just mind at the price. So fifteen dollars is pretty juicy. So I'm going to have a couple each way. I'm, I won't go each way. Probably go straight out actually. On Laramie Street. Laramie, yep, Joe. I'm uh, I'm on number eight. Old Kirk Tommy Berry on for Hawks. Um, I was on this thing last start and then said Dwayne Dunn slaughtered it. Flemington couldn't get out. Gets out and flashes home. But uh, yeah, I'm going with this thing again. I reckon it's the bit of forgotten at nine bucks there. So. Old Kirk for me. Old Kirk. Um, I don't want to be, but I'm with the favourite. I assume it's the favourite, Mamaragan. Mamaragan. Not many horses at their second start on third and golden slipper. So I can't really see why 1,400 would be a drama to it either. So I think um, I think it'll I think it'll uh, get the right run as well. National Willow board, pretty thin sort of size maybe. 
shouldn't say that, but potentially. So I just think it's the uh, the class and the race. I think it's got a bit. They've got to the bottom of it, and uh, I think it will go extremely close. So I'm keen. Mamaragan can win the sires. That's a look at the four. Group ones, we said the Southern Hotel shot clock, but thanks to the Southern Hotel. As I said, if you haven't liked their Facebook points, jump over and do it now. Uh, if you're looking for a, uh, a feed, it's, it's the home for live sport in Toowoomba, of course, at the moment, not that opportunity. So make sure you uh, get involved there, support the guys there. Great meals, you can get them takeaway now. They've got some great specials. Jump onto their Facebook page to see all those details. We share it as well via our uh, semi-pros page as well. But stay with us on the semi-pros. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, we're going to have a look at our uh, rocks and diamonds with a movie theme. Hi, guys. Lockie here from Hogan's Family Jewelers. Today, we're looking at how you select a perfect diamond. We need to consider the four Cs. Cut, colour, clarity and carat weight. In terms of discussing the cut of a diamond, we need to consider the aspects of the qualities of cut. At Hogan's, we only source triple excellent cut diamonds. In terms of colour, we look for the perfect white stone. We source stones from a D through to a G in colour, the top four colour gradings. Clarity is another really important factor in selecting your diamond. We don't want to look at the diamond every day and see inclusions or marks in the stones that distract from the beauty of the piece. The final of the four C's is carat weight. A lot of people believe that a diamond's value is based just on its carat weight. This isn't truly the case. It's a combination of all the four C's put together. There's one final hidden factor that I need to discuss about finding the perfect diamond. It's called fluorescence. When she wears the ring in natural sunlight, UV light, where the diamond is supposed to sparkle at its optimum level, you don't want any reaction. You don't want the diamond to go foggy or a milky colour or even an a little neon blue sort of tinge through the diamond. This is why we only sell nil fluorescence diamonds and make sure that that diamond stays crystal clear whether you're indoors or outdoors, there'll be no reaction to natural sun. Fluorescence is one of the largest factors of devaluing a diamond. Be careful, out there you might find diamonds that seem cheap, but truly they're gonna be cheap for a reason. At Hogan's, we prefer our clients to experience superior quality diamonds. We only source the highest grade of GIA certified diamonds. That's the Gemological Institute of America, the harshest grading lab in the world. Some of you may have done some research on diamonds before and may fully understand the four C's. But if not, we've got knowledgeable staff that will help you and guide you through selecting the perfect diamond. At the end of the day, it's all about quality and at Hogan's, we prefer quality. Thanks for joining us on the semi-pros. I was looking at our Southern Hotel shot clock. So thanks to the Southern Hotel. Now we're into our Hogan's Family Jewelers Rocks and Diamonds of the Week. Thought we'd do it with a different twist this week. We're going to talk about sports movies. So best and worst. So best being diamond and worst being the rock. But before we do, I saw a video pop up this week, which if we were doing our normal of Diamond segment, I was going to use as my Diamond of the Week. They want to show you. Now, uh, Mick Shaw, who you'll know, a local legend, uh, former Australian boxing champion, his son, uh, Manny, named after the great Manny Pacquiao, and his friends play soccer, and they put together this little uh, video that I thought was pretty cool and worth worth noting. i share this on our uh, Facebook page as well. So... Um, if you have a look at this video, I don't know if it's coming up or not. Or... Thunder, 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 
Yeah, it's your phone, mate. Yeah. We see it? Yeah, how good's that for the boys? Talk about the creativity. Well, the old dummy roll challenge. Yeah, how good's that? Yeah, good flick. Did you feel the Thunder boys, is it? South Queensland Thunder? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was worthy. Well done, boys. After the show, I'll uh, I'll share that that video. Yeah, you can see them there. See, so the backyard, kicked them to the house. I tell you, it's an expensive ball they've got there. Yeah. It's pretty a, rare look, a rare looking creature they're kicking around. Yeah, yeah very uh, very limited commodity. So Hogan's family jewellers, so those boys can get our uh, diamond of the week. But I put up a post uh, was earlier in the week on the semi pros page and it's talking about the best and worst uh, sports movies of all time. Now um, it always creates a bit of controversy and a bit of uh, chatter around what is uh, the best and worst sports movies. So of all time, so we're going to go Diamond of the Week is the best sports movie of all time and Rock of the Week is the worst sports movie of all time. Um, now I'll try and get this one up earlier in the week so I can tell you what they put up on this list. But there was a post that went up this earlier there on, uh, I think I put it up on Monday. Okay, so the top 15 sports movies... So obviously we're talking about all this sort of stuff at the moment, top 15 sports movies to get you through isolation. Now, I'll tell you what uh, the uh, the good folk at ESPN came up with before we go to the boys and we'll get our, our bests and worsts. There's been some um, fantastic sports movies. There's been probably some pretty ordinary ones as well. So top 15, boys, this is what ESPN has, uh, has come up with, all right? They've got... Um, just stand by. 15... I, Tonya. So, Not bad. Came out 2017, so we all know the story there. Um, 14, Happy Gilmore. One of the greats. Too low. 13, The Mighty Ducks. 12, Bend It Like Beckham. 11, Foxcatcher. 10, A League of Their Own. 9, Creed. Eight, Moneyball. Seven, Million Dollar Baby. Six, The Wrestler. Five, Varsity Blues. Four, Any Given Sunday. Three, Remember the Titans. Two, Rocky. And number one, Friday Night Lights. What do you reckon? Mm. Mm. Interesting. No, I think that was the top 15 that was available on Netflix, wasn't it? I don't know. Just top 15. It's a top 15. Sports to get through less time, so it's all it's got. So, has put together those top 14 sports movies to help get through self isolation. So, not just um, Netflix, just in general. So, that's the list they've come up with. What do you want to do first? Best or worst, rock or diamond? Rock. Rock. Mm, right, eh? worst, yeah. sports movie, worst sports movie of all time, Steve. What do you got? I'm going to go with this one. The Slugger's Wife. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but, geez, it looks garbage on the poster. In case you couldn't tell from the poster shown here, this is this one is another chick flick disguised as a baseball movie. It feels like a, the, uh, the great Randy Quaid. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael O'Keefe. 
Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. A couple of Hollywood um, mega stars. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't even get like a good photo of it. It's, it's one of those. It's it's a folded up poster that someone's taken a picture off the wall. So if anybody's seen Slugger, let us know what it's like. <laughs> Probably one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. Worst movie. What do you got, Troy? Oh, you're probably not going to like it, Jimmy, but Rocky Five, mate. Oh. You know, it's it's probably because it was, it, it was such a good series, but then... You were number two on the, number two on the worst movies. You picked it, Bubbler. Have I? Is that on news.com? According to news.com? No, this is called movieratings.com. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was just a letdown. You got through the first four, it was so good, then you got to number five and it was just garbage. Mm. Absolute garbage. And it was a yeah, I was just disappointed like afterwards. Because I've got I've got the series, mate, like put a you have James, got the got the box set. I got the box set with the robe. Yeah, I got the box set, but I got th- I put number five out and I threw it in the bin. So uh yeah, rock, Rocky Five for me. Terrible. Tommy Gunn, he was he was he was terrible. Tommy the machine gun. Tommy Morris. Yeah. Anyway, so right up, Joel. Uh the next karate kid. Filmmakers were uh, able to get an Academy Award winner Hilary Swank to play Mr. Miyagi's newest pupil before she got big. And uh there's absolutely no sweep the leg, Johnny. Moments that you make you ever want to watch this movie. So, next karate kid for me. Rock of the week. Mine's, Joel might be too young, but do you guys remember uh, the movie with Shaq and Penny, Blue Chips? Blue Chips. Mm. Yeah. That was the worst movie ever made. Ever? Ever. It was just terrible. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Nick Nolte as well, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Yeah. 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 It was terrible. It was so bad. It was like one of those movies I was watching. I thought, oh, okay, it's about to get to the plot. Then it said the end. <laughs> Still didn't know what happened. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, that Shaq and Penny and anyway, isn't that the that's the infamous story or something where it was before Penny got drafted in the NBA and Shaq saw him and worked out with him or whatever and, you know, when they're making this movie and said that that's who they had to sign or, anyway, rest history. Yeah. But it was an, the movie was absolute garbage. Good one. Just rubbish. No good. So that'll, that's my worst of, uh, of all time. If anyone has got any suggestions on what they think is the best and worst movies of all time, please uh, share them with us on the chat. Right, Diamond of the Week. Hogan's Family Jewelers, Diamond of the Week, best movie, sports movie of all time. Steve, what's bestmovies.com come up with? No, I haven't got bestmovies.com up. <laughs> but I don't know, an old classic Caddyshack, Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, absolute Laugh a bit. cast of uh, brilliance. Story on the car, on the on the golf course there, old Caddyshack, and what pop him up on the uh, the big thirty two incher and watch him tonight. <laughs> thirty two inch rear projection and uh, have a look. <laughs> Why don't you watch Slugger or Blue yeah. Chip or Blue yeah. Chips? 
slugger. I'll tell you what, I, I've got a, a, a bad, uh, I suppose, a bad history of picking really poor movies too. So um, I might see it and see Slugger and think it looks good. <laughs> might not be the sport movie though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Bubs? Bubs, what have you got? Oh, the following. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Cinderella Man. Um, oh, JJ, what's his name? JJ Braddock or something his name was back then. Yeah. Oh, Cinderella, a similar time to the moment, I suppose. A, a time of depression over the depression. And, um, yeah, he was the, the fighting hope. James J. Braddock. Yeah, yeah. So he come back and had a, pretty much out of retirement and... Won the world, uh, the world title. So uh, we'll be looking for something similar in, in about six months' time around here. So yeah, Cinderella Man for me with our Russell Crowe. Great movie. Uh, this is a really hard question because I love me sports movies as much as anyone. But um, James, you'll know this is one of my favourites, The Fighter. Story of Dickie Acklin. Good movie. Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale. Story of Mickey Ward and his brother, the mad Dickie Eklund. About uh, <laughs> quote the whole bloody movie. I love it. It's um, it's a really good movie. I think they won Oscars, didn't they? Yeah, the good movie, real good movie. Yeah, I love it. So the fighter for me. The if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Yeah, well worth it. Great movie. Uh, you're right. This is a really hard question. I actually got asked by. A uh, good friend of the show today, Jason Gibbs from The Chronicle, what my top five sports movies were. And my, simple, my first simple answer to him was um, five. I said, mate, there was five. So, so there were six Rockies and two Creeds. So I don't really know how I'm supposed to come up with five. But so um, cut one, Rocky five. <laughs> he actually said, what he said to me. He said the same thing to me. That's why I laugh when he said that. He said that to me, actually. He said, well, you can get rid of, you can get rid of five, basically. So um, anyone who knows, I'm an absolute fanatic of uh, the Rocky series, so I'd have to go with one of those. So come on with Rocky Four. You know, like, after watching Rocky Four, I dislike Russians. You will lose. Yeah. Win, Rocky, win. <laughs> you will and that was two. Why have you been one? So... That or toss-up between that or I got reminded of one today that I'd forgotten about is a great sports movie, Far Lap. That's right. Best ever. Big red. Mighty Ducks, actually, I watched that the other day. Mighty Ducks. Ducks I, was waiting for you to bring out, I was waiting for you to bring out Chariots of Fire, mate. Flying V. Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit, good movie. Yeah. The Cups. These, these are good ones. The Far Lap's one of the best ever, actually. Yeah. Just, yeah. Gold. Uh, that's a look at our Hogan's Family Jewelers Rocks and Diamonds of the Week movie theme this week. Um, what do we got on it? Shane Mogg sells Any Given Sunday. Yeah, good flick. Yeah, good movie. So there's a few to consider. Righto, boys, before we wrap the show up, um, multi of the week. Someone picked, a few people picked winner last week, didn't they? Me. Steve. Steve got one. Yeah, calibration. Calibration. More of a scratch. That's a win. Yep. Yeah, the, only, the, the only winner I've had so far is a scratching. So, right, what, are, what are we going with this week, Steve? What's your tip? Going to go tomorrow's metros, the Gold Coast, the South Metro, and I'm going to go another Aussie Bloodstock horse. Absolutely flying these guys. They've had 12 winners last month. 
<laughs> and in the fourth, the benchmark, 72, long bottom. It uh, has come up with the Lee stable from down in Sydney. And, uh, yeah, it gets into a very winnable race. Like, I think they'll... Uh, You'll find these bigger stables, the, the Lees and the Edmonds and uh, whatnot. Now we've split those uh, metros. I think they could have a, a very fruitful period coming up in uh, in this Queensland setup. So we're happy to get on board of that and get on the, uh, the big long bottom. Long bottom. Troy? Uh, I'm going Brizzy on Brizzy Saturday. Going with one of Bailey's. Mounts. I'm going. I'm going to go with the move race. Uh, race seven, number eleven. As we said before, it's sevens into close to fours. Uh, once the, the lads got the got the info from Bailey, it's probably into about three dollars now. So we'll stick with it. Brisbane race seven, number eleven. The move. Tony Gollanors. Hello, Joel. What do you got for us, mates? I'm going to stick with something that's got a uh, fair bit of ability. I think Caulfield race six, number six. Diamond effort. Clint McDonald and my man Betty Mellon. This is going for four on the trot. Uh, I reckon it's a pretty handy horse, this, so I'm sticking with it. Diamond effort. Diamond effort. Right, I'm um, with Steve in terms of tomorrow. Um, I wish this horse ran last Saturday, but they didn't, so they scratched and staying around tomorrow. It was $16 earlier today, I refer to Gold Coast, race nine, horse six, high degree. Robert Smith, stable. Josh Oliver in the saddle. Now, um, I've been following this horse. It finds its right race here. A couple of starts back when uh, it resumed over 1,200 metres. It was uh, an enormous run. Obviously, they an unsuitable race. It then went to a benchmark 75, so they jumped up to the mile behind uh, Plate, Plate Vichay and Slow Hands. Again, ran a uh, absolute bottler race at 50s. They then... Put it into a quality race at the Gold Coast on that big race day recently, which obviously was out of its. Um, well, you know, I mean, it was a pretty deep race for it to to be in. It still ran quite admirably in that sort of company. Gets to its right trip, uh, goes really well on this track, and gee, I think it'll be hard to beat. You're getting the right sort of price about it around sixteen dollars. So I just say earlier, so you're on a one by fourteen basis, you can make yeah. a profit. One yes. carrot, wasn't it? Yeah, and a few shillings. A few shillings. What price did you get, James? Sixteen. Eighteen's now, brother. I had to took the tote. No. So yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about the one by fourteens. Just go heavily on the the win area. So no point running second or third. But if you like to play that way, it's it's the right sort of price where you can do that. So yeah, yeah I think it'll there be we are. I got just a bit more on long bottom. I knew it had a bit of form. So last start two point eight behind Shout the Bar. Shout the Bar coming up won the Group One last start. This one's going to a Gold Coast benchmark seventy two. So yeah, what I'll price, uh, Steve? put in take out six bucks. What race, yeah. mate? Brisbane race uh, Gold Coast tomorrow. Race four number seven long bottom. Go Neville. What price? It's about four, six bucks. Right, six bucks um, on Glover Glover bet. Yeah, get on. Just another mm. comment here out of Marjorie Banks. What's so he got? The natural field of dreams. Marjorie Banks. Has everyone been following him on Facebook lately? Oh, geez, he loves his crossfit. This bloke, he's got one set up in his on his driveway in his house. Mm. Yeah, I think he does really good. He lifts about half the weight that his missus does, so he's doing pretty well. 
Plenty of people doing that at the moment. No gyms, you can't do much. So good on. Get out and about. So, righto, that just about wraps us up for the show this week. Look, another very interesting week in sport. Like, it's interesting. There's a lot happening in sport without much happening, if that makes sense. So, uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what next week brings. But, um, but most certainly, very interesting, interesting times. And uh, it was great to have Bailey Nodif on the show with us this week as as well. As we said, racing it down the show in town, and good opportunity to catch up with uh, with Bailey. Said he's doing doing so well. So, what's on this weekend, boys? Anything exciting? No, um, no, mate. No, I'll be right here in this chair, probably. <laughs> yeah. Who works? Who work? Plenty racing to watch. Mm. That too. That's the uh, that's the good part about it. So plenty of racing to watch. So right, well, thanks, boys. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks everyone that tuned in. Don't forget as well, if you're tuning on our Facebook uh, feed, we'll have the show up on a podcast, and we'll also uh, goes to air, of course, on the Sunday mornings via Parafin Radio, and also by the online audio stream. So plenty of ways to uh, to watch the show. So um, we'll have the catch up version on Sunday morning Facebook Live as well. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to talking to you next week. Just just about doing, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, you're the stole.